I'm Paul Shepherd, and welcome to the Mindset Changing Podcast. We are now on the final episode of the Anxiety and Stress Healing Series. This is episode 10 and we're going to be focusing on the main reasons that could cause your anxiety to struggle to heal. Now I know how frustrating anxiety can be to experience and how you can easily lose hope in it healing when it's just not going away, despite whatever you do. Now, when I was in my 20s and suffering from anxiety, I was having therapy, which I thought would do the job. And despite my best efforts, my anxiety was hanging around and not healing. It was making my life an absolute misery. At the time, my panic attacks were just hideous. What made it worse was that I was also suffering from sleep paralysis at the time, which is a condition caused by anxiety where your neurochemistry is out of balance. And I would wake up in the night with my eyes wide open, completely paralyzed with horror style hallucinations taking place in the room. This included seeing shadows of people watching me, and once there was a giant spider slowly climbing down from the ceiling. I could still see that to this very day. Now, at the time, young and spiritually minded, I reached out to the spiritual community to see if I could find some answers. And of course, they told me I was being haunted, waving sage sticks around me, chanting, doing all sorts of stuff. Of course, it didn't work. It wasn't going to. I wasn't being haunted. I was suffering from an anxiety disorder. And that was what was needed to be treated. But this isn't what I wanted to be open about today. As I said, therapy was having a limited effect. I was even training to be a counsellor at the time. And I didn't have any faith in it. I was struggling with my mind. And I'd become very practiced at talking about my past trauma, but that was not changing the feeling of anxiety bubbling away beneath the surface, which I now know was my sympathetic nervous system, which governs the flight or fight response, simply being too active. I remember sitting in the bathroom of my parents' home with a bottle of paracetamol, looking at them, contemplating whether it was a good idea or not just to end things now. I was exhausted. These thoughts terrified me as I just wanted to escape, but I couldn't do it. There was a part of me that wanted to live more than ending my life. But I just wanted some peace from that feeling of being on the edge of a precipice, feeling like I was about to tip over. So I did make a decision. I made it my mission to heal myself. Therapy was not working. There had to be another way. And that was when I made it my mission to heal myself and look at the biology of the body and I discovered a lot of things along the way in understanding anxiety, neurochemistry, 
what triggers it, what can we do to heal it. And that mission is far from over. There's a lot of things still to uncover and still to learn as the science keeps evolving. Very exciting for me. And also what I find out, I can pass to you. If your anxiety is struggling to heal, then please use this checklist to work out if there's anything that needs a little tweak in your life to increase the chances of reducing your anxiety and getting your lovely life back. Now this checklist does focus on all of the areas of the anxiety keys I have been talking about in this series. The keys are mind, body, heart and purpose. And if you invest in each of those areas, you can reduce your anxiety. Now there is no magical anxiety bullet, no pill, but there are layers of things you can do which combined can make a big difference on changing your anxiety experience. So let's focus on this checklist. First of all, are you fighting your anxiety and have a bad relationship with it? Completely and utterly understandable because it can be hideous to experience. But reframing your relationship with your anxiety, changing your relationship will change your perception of it, which changes your cortisol levels, which brings down your inflammation. Understand this, your anxiety has kept you alive. It's like a superpower and it will help you adapt in the toughest of situations. It can help make you a great decision maker, critical thinker and someone who can see potential issues where being overly positive would simply ignore them. It can also make you relate to people with empathy because of what you've experienced. And it's been shown to be linked to higher intelligence too. It's a bit of a bonus. Reframing anxiety could help you stop fighting it so you can accept it and work to become all the better for it. Not only does it keep you alive, it's helping you keep the people that matter the most to you alive too. It helps you develop relationships. It helps you connect to people. But out of balance, of course, yes, it can become something that you hate. But just by changing your perception and not seeing your anxiety as the enemy, as something that's just overly trying to protect you, could help dial it down. Now, I hated what I went through, but I am very grateful for what anxiety and that experience has given me. You can become more resilient, more stronger, more adaptable, more focused because of the negativity that you are trying to overcome. Anxiety is your obstacle. It's your challenge and you have the power to turn it around. You always have had. You seek out ways to help yourself. For example, you found this podcast. You've looked at other sources of help which show that you have a very powerful mind that can create powerful change. Embracing your anxiety is a very powerful step. And as I've talked about before, 
when you allow yourself to feel your anxiety, become curious about it, even chase the feelings, you are definitely changing your anxiety experience. Now, one of the first things I got terribly wrong with anxiety was I was breathing or wrong. So if your anxiety is struggling to heal, you have to ask yourself, am I breathing the right way? Now, I was breathing in a way which was stimulating my sympathetic nervous system into thinking there was a tiger in the room and that I was in danger. So I was a shallow breather. And if you take a nice big deep breath now, are you breathing to your chest or are you breathing down to the diaphragm? If you're breathing up to your chest, where's the tiger? Where is that tiger? A client reminded me of this phrase recently. I think I'm going to use it a lot because it's a really nice reminder that you're not in danger. And if you're breathing as if you're in danger then you're going to exacerbate the anxiety experience. So changing my breathing to diaphragmatic breathing, which triggers the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps you relax, which tells your nervous system and brain you're safe, triggers the rest and digest, or someone told me it's also called feed and breed. Not sure about that one. Once that's triggered, you can digest properly, You can have sexual arousal, which is quite handy if you want to have some intimate fun with your partner. But remember, if your sympathetic nervous system is in action, then digestion and sex and your immune system have to take a backseat whilst you fight the tiger. How many of you don't feel like sex due to feeling stressed? Or how many of you feel bloated or have IBS symptoms, heartburn? wind. Due to your digestion not being able to work properly due to the on and off switch of your sympathetic nervous system. Where's the tiger? Moving on to another essential layer of your lifestyle which needs a tweak is going to be food. You have to call your own bullshit on this because you know if you're eating the right way for you, if your body's getting enough nutrition Because it can't heal if it doesn't have what it needs to do the job. Now mine was embarrassingly bad. But no one told me that what I was doing was slowing down my anxiety from healing. I just ate what I wanted. And in my teens and in my early 20s, nutrition wasn't really much of a factor. Didn't do much of it at school really. So an anti-inflammatory diet of gorgeous Mediterranean food is very helpful. You can add some fermented foods to boost your gut microbiome too. Because remember, there's a strong link between your enteric nervous system, which is in your gut, which links to the brain, and your moods. Look after your gut and you feel better in your mind too. Too much caffeine is also going to be an issue if you want to heal your anxiety because it's like rubbing salt into a wound. So caffeine stimulates the flight or fight response, your sympathetic nervous system, which of course adds more cortisol to your body. Now you've got enough of that going on already if you have anxiety, so why would you add 
much more. I had to reduce my caffeine drastically because I was a bit of a caffeine fiend. And I can't tell you how much of a difference that made. And I hear it from clients on a day-to-day basis, how different they feel just by making this simple life tweak. Are you hydrating enough? If not, then begin to do what you can to remember to hydrate so that you can decrease your anxiety symptoms. They are strongly linked and it's a common issue amongst clients because they're busy or they don't feel thirsty and therefore hydrating goes out the window. I am sure you could get very creative in finding a way to remember to become more hydrated. Are you moving around enough? Now remember that anxiety is also key to producing endorphins and boosting your essential well-being chemistry, which is essential as an antidote to anxiety. Brings me to a, a memory I have of being in the gym and I was doing a fitness class with a group of people and there was a young lady there who was new and without any prompting or even knowing what I did, she just said, I wish I'd done this a long time ago. And I said, why? She said, because I just feel so much better mentally since I've been doing these classes. I just didn't know that it would make that big a difference. I remember it's not a cure on its own. But for her, certainly, she felt the difference. And so could you. So what do you think is one of the quickest and easiest ways to inflame your nervous system? to push your neurochemistry completely out of balance. Yep, I think some of you have got it the way you think. Toxic thinking. If that's not being managed by you just yet, it's time to get that under control. Now, toxic thinking includes the delightful catastrophizing, mind reading, Assuming, negative predictions, blaming other people or the world, or using the word should a lot. You might be generalizing, or one of the quickest ways to reduce self-esteem ever is to compare yourself unfavorably with other people you think are more successful than you. Or you could be talking to yourself in a deeply derogatory way. This is toxic thinking. And if you've not got round to learning mindfulness or a CBT model which would suit you or having therapy, then don't delay and get that sorted. You need to learn to reduce your inner chatter and filter out toxic thinking in favour of something much more helpful. just a bit of brain training. Don't be frightened of it. Don't be frightened to reach out and ask for help. We get coaching or training at work for all sorts of things. But where is it for the mind? It's funny, isn't it? We're happy to spend an hour on a spin bike, going for a run, time in a gym class. But 10 minutes doing some meditation or mindfulness, I'm not sure if I can fit that in, to be honest. If you can't make 10 minutes for yourself, you've got to call out that as bullshit. It's absolutely not true. Of course, you can make 10 minutes for yourself. 
your mind needs it. And if you can't show up for yourself for 10 minutes, then how on earth are you going to show up for other people? And also, how are you going to reduce your anxiety? Think of how much time anxiety takes up of your day-to-day life and how much energy it takes up too. It's ridiculous. Now, CBT, or Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, by the way, will really help you in situations where you are facing a tough time, but your perception of the tough time is mostly the issue. Now, the situation you might not be able to change, but what you do have the power to change is your perception. And that is life-changing. By training your perception to be more helpful and develop a more realistic mental growth attitude, you will notice more of the good in life and take advantage of whatever comes your way. People keep telling me that I seem to be very lucky. It's nice. But all that has happened is that my mind has moved on from over-focusing on negatives to focusing on what could help me. In other words, I create more possibilities and potential Now, a lot of those don't come to fruition, but a certain number, of course, because it's a stats game, will turn out right for me. And in all honesty, if something goes wrong, I use a growth mindset of, well, what am I going to get from that then? If something turns out not the way I want it to, my mind is instantly focusing on, how can I turn that into my advantage? Is there a growth opportunity here? Is there something I'm missing? And just by asking myself those questions, getting curious, I find things I didn't even notice before. And this is the power of training your mindset to look for what will help you instead of what will block you. Are you taking some time for your nervous system to relax with any mindfulness, meditation? Are you walking in nature? Do you take time to relax and just chill out? Because if you're not, then how is your nervous system meant to be healing? If you're doing too much and it's out of balance, how is it going to heal? You've got to call bullshit on simply doing too much. If you're doing too much and you're being driven by anxiety to do more than you should, that has to be addressed. You've got to rein that in and CBT would help with that because you can look into the beliefs, the thoughts, which are driving you to do more than you should. Are you getting enough sleep? Now, I can appreciate that anxiety can make this much tougher. I had to call myself out on this because my sleep hygiene was awful. I was always pressing up to step later, playing video games. We didn't really have phones the way we do now. I was still highly caffeinated. That wasn't helping. What I would say to you is don't mess around with your melatonin production. Don't mess around with your circadian rhythm. It's really not worth it. I've seen so many clients feel much, much better by beginning to take their sleep hygiene more seriously. If you try to stay up later than normal, by the way, your brain does a horrible little trick. It thinks you're in danger. And it can trigger your sympathetic nervous system into adding more cortisol to keep your sleep light, just in case there's a tiger. It will also wake you up early too, to deal with that tiger. So you've got to remember and ask yourself, is this Netflix binge worth it? Is this video game worth it? 
what am I going to sacrifice by pushing my bedtime to be later and later? I was talking to a friend the other day and they said, Paul, please help me get to sleep. I'm not sleeping deep enough. And just through a conversation, it quickly transpired. They loved using their phone right up to the last second before they turned off the lights to go to bed. Using your phone can suppress your melatonin production and you need that to sleep deeper. When we sleep well, when we've had a really good rest, it's amazing how different our outlook on life can be. Another important part is if you're not living by your core values and you haven't found a purpose to feel more fulfilled, then this is the time to get that into place. Because drifting in life, feeling unfulfilled can lead to feelings of anxiety and depression. It make it your mission to find out what makes you tick and forge your future from there. Don't mess around with this. I mean, since we spend around 92,000 hours at work, we might as well invest in doing something which reflects our core values. If we can't do that at work, then we have to do that within our personal life. If you don't know what your core values are, there are exercises everywhere on the internet to give you an idea of how you tick, what's important to you. And just to add to that, we can learn from the wisdom of people who are older than us. And one of the most common regrets which keeps popping up is that if they could go back in time and change one thing, they would not have worked so hard as they missed out on so many important aspects of life, such as their families, their friends, life adventures and exploring more of who they are. They literally just became a worker bee. And now they regret it. Investing in your mind, your growth as an individual, is essential to help heal anxiety. The chemistry boosts alone are worth it, let alone the opportunities. So focusing on your growth, investing in yourself, can also boost your self-esteem. You can do this in a variety of ways giving yourself challenges, something that you're reading, what you watch on TV, what you expose yourself onto the internet. We have so many ways of being able to grow at our fingertips. This year, at the ripe old age of 49, I'm jumping onto an intense online course that's going to take a few months because not only will it progress my career, it will help me grow and thrive in ways I probably can't even imagine yet. Very exciting. So rethink what you do in your spare time. Are you giving yourself some opportunities to grow, which will help your neurochemistry, your brain health and your self-esteem? But it also leads me to look at what else you're doing with your spare time. Are you having enough fun? Indulging in creativity or whatever sets your heart on fire with passion boosts your neurochemistry. But if you're not doing that, have you become a bit boring? I think at one point in my life, I became so boring. I couldn't have got more beige if I had tried. I was doing too much work. And not practicing what I was preaching. I didn't like the hypocrisy. And also, I'd become unsure 
of what would set my passions alight. And I had to spend some time investing in that area to find out what would give me those boosts. What would I become more interested in? Looking back at my core values gave me more information. But that was one journey that I took, which I'm still on. I'm discovering still more about myself, even at my age. And turning life into an adventure. Part of my values in life is to make the most out of this life, not to waste it. Now, I can't live every day like it's its last. That would be a bit odd and exhausting. But I can add content to my day that creates fulfillment, fires up my passions. And when I get into bed at the end of the day, I can look back and think today was awesome. So a good question you can ask yourself in the mornings is what would have to happen today for me to think how awesome this day had been when I get to the end of it. So if you're getting into bed and you're looking back at the day, what happened? What needs to happen for you to think this was an awesome day? And since you're at the start of it, hopefully, then you can begin to add that content in. I was talking to a client about this yesterday and they said to me, it's just something simple. I just want to cook for myself. And I thought that was lovely, really beautiful, because that would mean a lot to them. So something small, it doesn't have to be something gigantic. Add more moments of that into your day. You can't put a price on what it will do for your anxiety and your neurochemistry. Now, a very important part. Sit up and take notice. How are your boundaries? If they are lacking and you're people-pleasing and you're keeping toxic people in your life, or you're doing too much and not giving yourself the self-care you need, then your nerves will struggle to calm down. If you are struggling to create those boundaries, do reach out and seek help. They need to be in place. You need to learn to say no much more often because you are then saying yes to something that would increase your health and your well-being. Self-care is never selfish. Lastly, one of the most annoying but clever ways you can keep anxiety from healing are the secondary benefits your mind thinks it gets from keeping anxiety the way it is. These need to be challenged and changed, otherwise self-sabotage will hold you back. If you believe, for example, that this level of anxiety will keep you protected, and this may be more of a subconscious belief, then your subconscious mind will simply do what it can to stop you healing it and keep things the way they are. If you believe that your anxiety and the energy from tapping into your sympathetic nervous system gives you motivation, that's another way of keeping it. If you believe deep down that your anxiety can control the future, because it's unpredictable, and therefore you can control how you fell, 
because that's better than failing out of nowhere, then again, that's another way of keeping anxiety. If anxiety has become a part of your identity and you don't know who you are without it, or you don't think you're worthy enough to be free of it, that's another way of keeping it. If your subconscious mind believes your anxiety has any powerful, positive benefits in any of the situations that anxiety tends to be triggered, then addressing it with a therapist could help you uncover what that is so you can let it go. I want to add that you have an amazing intuition and you know deep down what is hampering your healing. You probably know what needs to be addressed and ignoring it won't help you heal. You've got to call out your own bullshit. I hope you found this list of what can prevent you healing your anxiety useful. Again, reach out if you do have any questions or points you would like to make. If anything stood out for you that you need to tweak and change yourself, fantastic. Go ahead and help your anxiety heal. You deserve it. So the next set of podcasts are going to be around mindset training. It will be like going to the gym, but for your lovely brain. You can use them to work on anxiety, boosting your self-esteem, confidence, focus. There are going to be so many uses for these types of exercises, and I cannot wait to share them with you. Please share, please subscribe, and I look forward to connecting with you in the next podcast. Thank you. Oh, and have an amazing day.